Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, Alternative Parties friends, we have an individual named Michael White who's running for office under the Libertarian Party ticket. So welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thanks for having me. Michael, we're glad to have you, and we look forward to hearing your exciting stuff. So let's get started by you kindly telling us about yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Sure. So I'm, I'm a 40-year-old man. I'm a father of two, uh, two daughters, two teenagers. I live here in Little Rock, Arkansas. I owned and operated a uh, medium-sized company for many years in Louisiana and Texas. Sold that company in 2016. Moved here to Arkansas, where uh, I currently raise my family. Uh, I'm involved in some AI research, and then uh, I'm also a licensed realtor here in the state of Arkansas. Sounds good. So what led you to the Libertarian Party? How did you get involved in that in the first place? So I guess, honestly, you know, uh, my first Red Pill moment kind of started with a little film by Aaron Russo called From Freedom to Fascism. Um, Hmm. This is probably in the early 2000s. You might remember it. And uh, I watched that film, and, and it kind of was, again, my red pill moment. And I began sort of researching and, and thinking about um, how government ran, how it has been running, and, and realized the narrative I had been told most of my life and my young life really wasn't in line with what made sense in practicality. Um, so, uh, you know, I began, you know, voting third party uh, and, and becoming involved in the Libertarian Party. And when I moved here to Arkansas in 2020, uh, my colleague Ricky Dale Harrington, who's now currently running for governor in Arkansas, ran against in a Senate race against Senator Tom Cotton, and it garnered a lot of national media attention. And he really inspired me to join him this election cycle, join the Libertarian Party of Arkansas, and, and really do the work to try to make this country a better place. Excellent. So, kindly tell our audience what office in particular you're running for. I'm running for a U.S. congressional seat, uh, House of Representatives, Arkansas's 2nd Congressional District. It is currently held the incumbent by French Hill, the Republican. Okay. So you mentioned that you live in Little Rock, so kindly give us the demographics of the area. What what does it represent, and who are the constituents? Sure. So Arkansas has four congressional districts. Uh, The 2nd Congressional District is Central Arkansas. So essentially imagine the area of Little Rock and the surrounding area. Uh, demographics are pretty much split. It's around 50-50, uh, around 50% um, black, 50% white. Average median income is around $60,000, um, It is as much like the demographics of most of the South. It is a, it is a, a mix of working-class individuals with healthcare professionals, individuals involved in, of course, government and finance. Um, so it's a wide variety of individuals and all kind of concentrated in the Little Rock area, then dispersed outward in the population from there. Much like most districts, I call it a, a red target with a blue center. Interesting. So kindly tell us what you view the role of representative is. That's a very common office. A lot of people are familiar with it, yet individuals differ on how they perceive the role to represent the people. So kindly explain what you perceive the role to be? Andrew, that's a great question because you're right. It is perceived differently by many different people, and you can see that by the way that they do the job, right? Um, yes. Ultimately, my philosophy is pretty simple. I believe that you and I are born with certain rights. Government doesn't give them to us. We are born with them. 
And that government's only job is to secure those rights. Um, so I personally don't believe that a government has to be that large to do that job and that the Constitution establishes the way that we're supposed to run our government, and we have representatives of the people in various districts. It's the idea that pluralism will come together for one common general welfare. My job is to represent the people's best interest of the second district of Arkansas. That's my job, um, is to be their representative. Fiduciary duty, much like an attorney would represent you in court or a realtor might represent you in a real estate transaction, or your CPA might uh, you know, represent you in, in, a, in a tax issue. My job is to represent the citizens of this district in governmental affairs and issues and try to best uh, find methods and means to enrich their lives and livelihood. Sounds good. So kindly tell our audience what your party vision is. You mentioned that in the last question, so I'm kindly expand on that, how you view your role as a Libertarian Party member, how you plan to take that vision to this office. Okay, that's also a really good question because it's kind of multi-layered, right? So on one hand, if we talk about the Libertarian Party of Arkansas, and I'm going to talk about them first, um, we kind of view it as a bottom-up way of taking, you know, kind of representing the people of Arkansas. We have 56 local candidates on the ballot, and our real goal first this election cycle is to just try to occupy one or two local offices. We sure. believe doing that kind of gives some, some, some legitimacy to the party, makes people more aware of us, um, and that's kind of what we're doing on, like, a state level. If you kind of look at it on a more, like, I guess, philosophical level from a national perspective, um, I often get from voters, they say, Michael, what can you really do as one libertarian in Congress with, you know, 435 seats, right? And, and I think yeah. quite a bit um, because ultimately what we have right now with this duopoly is basically most votes come down to a 59, I mean, 51%, 49% split, right? You essentially really just have two voices. And so even just one independent voice changes the entire game. And all of a sudden, Arkansas's second congressional district, if I were to win, becomes very, very strategically important when it comes to legislation because both sides have to come through us to get some sort of consensus. And so that would be kind of my vision on a national level as we begin to take national offices is don't underestimate the importance of just a few libertarians in Congress. And then on state level, like I said, I can only speak to what we're doing in Arkansas, but we want to get some legitimacy from the ground up, not the top down. Sounds good. So specifically, what issues are on the platform for this race for you? So obviously the number one, Andrew, is clearly uh, reckless monetary policy at the hands of a, of a reckless federal government. Um, as you well know, you're an educated individual. Inflation is nothing new. We've been devaluing the U.S. dollar since the inception of the Federal Reserve Act. It's just now more kind of on people's minds because it's so in their face. Um, that, that's probably issue number one is to be a voice of actual sound money and monetary policy. That's a great place to start, right? But there's sure. some other things that are really important to me. Term limits are very important to me. Um, ending corruption in D.C., specifically involving the trading of stocks and, and, and insider deals. Um, in my platform, I have what's called a non-compete against America Act, which would essentially bar Congress and members of their family and dependents from, from uh, engaging in stock trading and publicly traded companies, essentially having to divest to cash. I don't believe that our representatives should have interests that are different than ours as a public. That's another one. I also would like to see a repeal of the Controlled Substances Act to give local and state governments more authority and independence over how they do their drug laws and drug policy and criminal justice reform. 
Um, I have a number of things that are really important to me, but if I had to say what the top ones are, it would more than likely be monetary policy, term limits, ending congressional corruption, and then taking some steps toward actual true criminal justice reforms centered around drug policy. All right. Michael, kindly tell us what is your campaign strategy? How are you going to reach the independent voters and also perhaps voters you want to sway from the two parties? So I will I will be quite frank and honest uh, with your listeners is that when you're running a federal campaign as, an, as a libertarian, you're going to quickly realize that you are outgunned and, and you're and you're outspent. Um, my incumbent has you know over 1.5 million dollars in his campaign fund. Um, we haven't even raised the statutory minimum for reporting of five thousand dollars. And we just as a libertarian party, we just don't still have the operating mechanisms to do that. But that does not mean that we must be uh, we must look at that as some sort of defeat. People want to hear our message. And so what I would say the best campaign strategy currently is engage social media, engage social media, engage social media. You can get a lot of voters to know your name, understand who you are, and get your message across without spending a ton of money. Get out there in the community, involve yourself in community events, talk to voters. Um, I tell them all the time before I want their money or anything else, I just want their vote and for them to spread my message. And that's when I'm at least doing on a federal level campaign. For any local candidates that are listening, most of your local races, you are absolutely on the same level playing field as somebody with more money than you. You have the, the wow. number of contacts you have to make are limited. Most of these smaller district races, you might only have four or 5,000 people you have to get in touch with. You can do that. So any of those state candidates out there listening, don't feel outgunned. You are on the same level playing field, even with limited resources. So that's kind of my strategy is I'm working with what I have to the best possible efficiency that I possibly can. Um, I have a televised debate tomorrow. Um, I'm hoping that's going to be my October surprise. That's going to be a great way to get some messaging out there. But, again, in my personal view, the local candidates right now are the future of the party. And so if you're in Arkansas, if you're in Texas, if you're in Alabama, all these states that have great local candidates right now, you all get out there and really do the work because, us federal-level candidates, I think, are just trying to really do good messaging, but we need you all to be the ones that start occupying some offices. That's empowering. Well, thank you. Michael, kindly tell us what activities your campaign is doing. You mentioned a televised debate. What else is on the agenda, or have you already done for your campaign? We've pretty much done, you know, everything that we can up until this point. I mean, you know, Andrew, I, I've never run for public office, right? And uh, and it doesn't really come with a, with an owner's manual of how to do it really well. Um, I was nominated by convention in February, late February. So, you know, at least for the first couple months, it was kind of figuring out the sticks, the bricks, and the dirt of the campaign, right? You know, how do you, how do you how do you file with the federal government? How do you set up your business bank account the correct way? How do you start, you know, issuing press releases? How do you try to get um, you know, in contact with the right people to talk at certain things. That was a big part of it early on. Kind of the middle has been, you know, continuing that messaging online, engaging voters. And then now as we kind of get toward the televised debate tomorrow, which is really sort of the thing that we've always kind of been looking toward, we're just going to continue that messaging up until Election Day. Um, at this point in time, it's just like right now, as candidates, I tell people all the time, it feels like we're always thinking about our election. The truth is voters don't really start thinking about these things until about right now. Um, so these last two weeks of messaging are really where the, the really important work gets done in getting your name out there. In my personal opinion, 
And, again, I'm saying that as someone who's never won an election. Um, that's just what I've kind of observed from sort of the social media feedback I've been seeing and the metrics that I've been watching. So what ballot access issues are you facing? Did the party get ballot access already, or is that something you've been working through? Is it already done? Kindly describe that. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, Libertarian Party of Arkansas members before me have sued the state, um, and we just recently won a federal case that basically said that Arkansas's ballot access laws were unconstitutional. Now, of course, that's going to get kicked back to the legislature where we'll have to find some more compromises. As of right now, we are on the ballot. We had reached a compromise previously that uh, I believe that if our gubernatorial candidate was to receive 3% or more of the popular vote, we may be able to have permanent ballot access. As you well know, the two parties entrenched uh, in Secretary of State offices across this country do everything they can to keep alternative parties off the ballot. And so yes. our battle here in Arkansas is no different than the battles in other states. We're just currently in a fight now where we recently won a very big victory in federal court, uh, and we're going to see where that keeps playing out for. We're just going to keep our nose in front of us, do the best job we can, and uh, make sure that we fight the power structure. Because, again, it should tell every American voter everything they need to know when parties that talk about representative government do everything they can to keep actual representatives of the people off the ballot. So how many signatures do they require? I, I do not know that answer. Um, I did not have to get any signatures for, for my ballot access, so uh, I would be speaking to a fact that I do not know. Okay, fair enough. So that's good that you didn't have to worry about that. You can devote your energy to the rest of the campaign. That's right. And, and hopefully we, we, we win some sort of more permanent ballot access to where, you know, the children and grandchildren we don't have names of yet can, you know, fight, the, you know, can run for office and fight the power structure without having to start so far behind the starting line. Yes, that would be a great accomplishment. So, Michael, kindly tell our audience how they can support your campaign. Well, I mean, so first off, visit my website. It's mw, the number four, liberty.com. That's mw4liberty.com. Uh, if you feel compelled by anything I've said or if you read uh, my copious notes on a number of issues and like what I write about, consider making a donation to our campaign here in the last days. Um, it does not cost a lot of money for us on social media to reach a lot of people through social media advertisement. So a donation as small as 25 or $50 really helps us continue our messaging. That's a great way. Also, engage our content on Facebook or Twitter, also MW4Liberty. You can find us on there, Michael White for U.S. Congress on Facebook. Um, and, and, and give us your support, word of mouth, tell people about us. Just simply write us a message and tell us we're doing something good. That will help out, too, because this has been a long I've been a long, you know, endurance race, it feels like, and, and sometimes when I receive a message from a voter that just says, Michael, thank you for being a breath of fresh air. I just read this, and I'm glad someone's saying it. It really lifts me up and gives me the energy that I need to kind of continue this fight for the people. Sure. Sure. All right, Michael, thank you kindly for coming on the podcast today and talking about your campaign. Well, Andrew, thank you for having me, and I would hope to do this again with you at any point in time you want to. Um, I, I really appreciate you reaching out, and, and I'll be sure to let you know if there's anything I need from you, and you do the same for me, okay? Sounds like a plan. We wish you all the best in your campaign and all your personal and professional endeavors. All right. Thank you so much, Andrew. All right. Take care. Bye now.
Take care. Till next time.